Hey moms, welcome to the Mom Mindset Show, where we talk all things mom life from A to Z. I'm your host, Rachel Benson. I'm a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. I've been through every age and stage of motherhood, and I've never met one I didn't like. I've also never met one that didn't come with its share of challenges and personal growth. As moms, we set the mood and tone of the home. We're the emotional support and the cheerleaders for everyone in the house, not to mention the cook, the chauffeur, and the housekeeper. There's a lot to know and do, and that's what I'm here to help with. I want to help you create the home and family life of your dreams. And I do that not only by helping you with the skill set, but more importantly, the mindset that can really help you succeed as a mom. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about what's on your mind today. Hey moms, welcome to the show. I'm super, super glad you're here. I'm super excited for what we're going to talk about today. And before I get into that, I just wanted to say I hope you're enjoying the beautiful spring weather. I know May can be almost as busy as December for moms. I think I've heard it called Maycember or something like that with all of the end of the year graduations and performances and, you know, just wrapping things up. I know it can get super crazy. And I hope that when you're feeling a little crazy, maybe you will just take time to go outside, go for a walk, look at the beautiful blossoms and take in the fresh air. I've really never found anything better than a walk for clearing my mind and relaxation. So I hope you give yourself that gift, even if you have a ton of kids in the stroller, just keep them busy and just take whatever time you need to, you know, get centered and do what you need to do for you so you can show up as the best mom that you can be. And before I talk about what I wanted to share today, I want to remember to tell you that you don't have to write any of this down. I'm going to be teaching you the model or the self-coaching model that is the basis of everything that is done at the Life Coaching School that I went to, the Life Coach School, which was founded by Brooke Castillo, and she created the model. And my daughter, Ellie, created a beautiful PDF that you can just print off and use that if you want to practice some models after I show you how to apply the model to your thinking. As moms, we want to provide mental strength and stability to ourselves so that we can be there for our family. And this is the best tool I have ever found in all my years of self-help to just put your thoughts down in a logical way and see what the results are of whatever you're thinking. I'm about to explain what I mean by that. But for now, just understand that you can go to my website after this podcast airs, go to mom-mindset.com where you'll be able to get that PDF. And also there's a section called Ask Rachel where you can go and just put in any question anonymously there on the website and I will answer it in the next couple of days, usually also anonymously so no one will know who's asking. And that's just a resource that's there for you. And the last thing I wanted to ask is that if you are enjoying the podcast, you will follow the show, rate the show, leave reviews, share it with your friends, anything to get the word out more because I want to help all the moms out there 
gain more mental strength and stability because I know that sometimes being a mom is like getting on a roller coaster ride that you never ask for. And it's easy to let our emotions go up and down with whatever is going on with our kids or even right now we're facing a situation with my father-in-law where he's been really struggling after a fall a while ago and it really does feel kind of like a roller coaster. He's better some days than others and everyone's just trying to help and take care of him and figure out the best thing to do and I know how that goes. So the tool that I'm going to teach you today can really, really help with that. But I'm just going to give you a quick warning. You cannot unknow this. Like after I teach you why I always say your thoughts create your feelings and teach you this model that you can use to sort of basically sort out your thinking. It's both the most empowering thing and also a little frustrating because when you learn that nothing outside of you creates your thoughts or feelings and that you can use the model to create any result that you want in your life, sometimes we use that information against ourselves. So let's just promise right now that we're not going to do that and that we're just going to purely use this information to empower ourselves as moms. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about years ago when I had probably about three little kids, and our kids are close together. We had six kids in 12 and a half years, so the first three were just all in, you know, we had a four-year-old, two-year-old baby, (laughs) and I used to find myself saying all the time, the kids are driving me crazy, I need to get away, I need some me time, and then one day it hit me over the head that that thought is not serving me, and It's just like a song playing on repeat in my head, and I decided to change it to this is only a moment because I realized the kids were really on track most of the day, but then little things would come up that are just normal kid things that they're fighting or disobeying or making messes, just what kids do, and that it was just a moment in time. And when I thought about it that way, I was a much more calm and patient mom, and I was able to show up more as a mom I wanted to be. But I didn't realize that I could apply that type of change of thought to so many more situations until years down the road from that moment when I started listening to Jody Moore's podcast, and she is another coach trained at the Life Coach School, and her podcast started to teach me this thought model. And as soon as I started learning about it, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to get coached by her. And so I joined her program and I'm still in it today. But the first time I got coached by her, I got coached on a really personal situation that was really hard for me where I felt disrespected and misunderstood. And I won't go into it because it's personal, but talking through it with her, applying this model made such a huge difference that I went away from that call with something that had been troubling me for probably a year at that point and just felt a weight lifted off my shoulders just because I was able to get a different perspective on the situation and see how I was empowered to think about it differently and that made me show up differently without having to change the situation that I was in. So Brooke Castillo, who created this model, has told the story of how she figured this out. She was a lot like me. She loved listening to personal development, self-help books, and 
things like that. And one day she heard from someone, your thoughts create your feelings. And she was like, wait, what? And then as she came to understand that, she created this simple, elegant, repeatable model that's almost like a mathematical formula where you can plug in any thought or feeling or circumstance that you're having and see how your thinking creates a certain result. So the model is abbreviated CTFAR. C is for circumstance, T is for thought, F is for feeling, A is for action, and R is for result. And one line of the model just basically leads into the next. So let me explain and go into a little more detail about each line of the model. The first line in the model is the circumstances. This is simply the facts of the situation, of any situation in life. These are things that could be proven in a court of law or things like the number on the scale or the amount of money you have in the bank or specific things that people said or did. Like you might have a sister-in-law that you think is rude, but the facts are that you have a sister-in-law that says and does certain things. Those are the only facts of the situation. And the most important thing to understand about circumstances that none of us really want to believe, I don't think, is that circumstances are neutral. They don't mean anything until we start thinking thoughts about them. And then that's how we give them meaning. And then we come to feel happy or sad about certain circumstances. So let me give you a quick example. If I say to you, Donald Trump was president until 2020. Did your blood pressure just go up? Or like, what did you think about that? Maybe you think he was a fantastic president. I don't think anyone has a neutral opinion about Donald Trump. But the thing to know there is anything beyond Donald Trump was president between 2016 and 2020 is a thought. And thoughts are what go in the next line of the model. Thoughts are essentially the sentences in our head about the people and situations in our lives. They are the meaning that we give to the circumstances. Let me give you a little example of how this works. Let's consider three women who are widowed. And they say to you, my husband passed away. You might immediately say, oh, that's really sad. I'm so sorry. But what you might not know is that woman one married her husband for his money. And so now actually her thoughts about it are, all the money is mine. So she's definitely not sad. And then another woman might be a friend I had years ago who was widowed. And if you asked her about her husband, she would say, oh, God gave me my divorce because she had an unhappy marriage. So her thoughts about that didn't make her feel particularly sad. And then if you were in a good marriage and your husband passed away, you'd be like most people and you would miss your husband and feel like you didn't want him to go. And so you would feel sad about that. One really important thing to know about thoughts is that all thoughts are optional. And some thoughts serve us and some thoughts really don't. Now we have like 60,000 thoughts a day, so we're not going to be processing through all of them in this way that I'm talking about. But we 
can pause and take a look at the ones that are causing us trouble. Like if there's something you're just constantly worried about or sad about, or even if there's things you want to accomplish that you're not making progress on, goals you want to achieve, dreams you want to fulfill, and you don't feel like you're making any progress, take a look at your thinking and you'll soon find out why that's the case. All of us have negative limiting beliefs that really don't serve us, but we just keep thinking them because a lot of times they're just sort of running on default, like that thought, the kids are driving me crazy. And there are so many times when the simplest shift in our thinking can have a huge, huge impact. The simplest thoughts like, everything will be okay in the end, or with God, all things are possible. If you, if you believe those kinds of thoughts, you're going to have a lot more peace of mind than if you're thinking constantly like, I've got to control this situation, I've got to get a handle on it, and it's like something outside your control then that's the really the root cause of anxiety and worry. So that leads us into the next line of the model, which is the, what we call the F line, the feeling line. Feelings are actually chemical reactions that we have in our bodies in response to the thoughts that we have. They're called feelings because we actually feel them in our bodies. To help you understand this, I want you to think about The last time you woke up from a nightmare, can you imagine the feeling in your body? Like you wake up, maybe you're sweating. I know for me, I will feel the most unpleasant, like prickly, cold, frozen sensation in my whole body. Like I can't move and I can't breathe. And of course, dreams are just a whole series of thoughts and imaginations. So, There's that feeling and, you know, just imagine what you feel in your body when you're just terribly fearful, when you wake up from a nightmare or something really scary happens with your kids, like they run for the road or they're bleeding or, you know, there's like an urgent situation and contrast that with maybe getting on a roller coaster where you choose it, you anticipate like, oh, that big drop is going to be scary and maybe you're even screaming But at the same time, you're having fun. That's going to be a different sensation in your body. And you can like relax and breathe into it and just have fun with it. Or you can be really tense, but it's just a whole different sensation in the body. So that's kind of an example of how negative emotions like fear might feel in our body. And the opposite might be the feeling of love. Now, I know if I'm walking down the street with one of my grandkids holding my hand and chattering to me, and I'm thinking thoughts like, they are the cutest human beings on the planet. I'm the luckiest grandma, and I just feel this whole sensation of love. Like It feels like warm, beautiful butterflies in my chest and in my throat, and just like a warmth that fills my whole body. and. I associate it with like words like joy and happiness, those kind of um, feeling words. So there's a whole range of emotional vocabulary that we can have. But as you're just starting out this process of 
learning to identify emotions, seeing how they feel in your body, seeing what thoughts cause different emotions. You can just use the simplest words like happy, sad, mad, glad. And as time goes on, you can expand your vocabulary of emotion words. Like happiness can be anything from just a a nice little sense of enjoyment to like overcome with joy. Like in between there, there's a whole bunch of words we could use to describe positive emotions. And negative emotions can go from just like a little bit of disappointment, so kind of a feeling of sadness, to full-on grief and all of the range of emotions that go with that. It can become a super interesting practice as you experience different emotions to drop into your body and say, ooh, how does this feel inside of me? How does nervous and anxious and worried feel versus happy and excited and determined and confident and just kind of work on building your emotional vocabulary and getting in tune with how you feel in your body when you think certain thoughts that cause certain emotions. And there are a million examples I could give you, but I just want to give you a little handful from when I was going to my class at the gym yesterday. Every Monday morning at 7, is a high fitness class taught by one of my friends, Vicki, and I really enjoy going because I feel like it's the best workout, the best way to start the week, nice and sweaty. It's fun. It's like choreographed to music, and it reminds me of 80s aerobics, which was my first introduction to group exercise, so I still have a real fondness for that. But just in the time from the time I made the reservation to go to the class to the time the class was over, I was really noticing my thoughts as I went through that whole process. So even just from starting making the reservation, I have found that if I wait until too late on Sunday night to make the Monday morning reservation, I will tend to feel less motivated. I'll kind of feel tired just thinking, oh, I'm gonna need to set my alarm and make this reservation and commit to getting up to for this class. And I do much better if I can do it when I'm fresher on like a Sunday afternoon when I'm not tired and I'm not thinking like, oh, it's going to be hard to get up. And I'm thinking, yeah, I got to get to that class and start my week off right. So right there, you can see there's different feelings associated with the different thoughts. When I'm too tired, then I'm going to feel unmotivated. When I'm thinking positive thoughts, when I'm already thinking more energetically, then it's so much easier to get myself to prepare, make the reservation, set the alarm, set out my clothes. So then on my way to class, I was a few minutes late and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm late. That's embarrassing. That's awkward. And so I felt embarrassed and awkward from that thought. And That almost made me not want to go, which I'll talk about in a minute. That would go in the action line, going or not going. But then I went into class and I went ahead and went. And just looking at my friend Vicky and how peppy she is, you know, when I think thoughts like, oh my gosh, Vicky is so energized. She's so fun. Then I get energized from thoughts like that. And when I look at the clock and I think the the time is passing slowly, 
then I feel a little more tired. But then a song comes on that I like. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this song, or I love the routine for this, or this is such a great workout. Oh my goodness, I am really sweating. Like those kind of thoughts make me feel energized, motivated, happy, upbeat, and really keep me going. And as the class ended, first of all, I was thinking I got a good workout, so that made me feel satisfied. And also the song that came on during the stretch, which I already love stretching, but then a song that came on reminded me of my daughter when she used to be on a folk dance team. They always danced to that song. And so it brought back happy memories and I felt happy. So I enjoyed the stretch even more than I usually do, kind of like thinking back on those happy memories, which memories are a form of thoughts. So you can see, like when I said we have 60,000 thoughts a day, it's just like a small handful of the thoughts that went through my mind that changed my emotions, which changed my energy level throughout the class. And I won't go too far into this, but one thing that comes to mind when we talk about exercise is people will say, I feel motivated or I don't feel motivated to exercise. So just understand that that motivation comes from your thoughts. Motivation doesn't come from, there's a class on Monday mornings at seven, it's high fitness. The class being there doesn't make you feel motivated or not. It's what your thoughts are about it, which for me are like, that's the best way to start my week and start my day. And it will be fun because Vicky's going to be there teaching and she's going to be super peppy like she is. <laughs> and I like the music and I like the routines. And those kind of thoughts make me feel motivated. And thoughts like, oh, I have to get up early. And what if I don't sleep well? And things like that do the opposite. So. Once we're feeling motivated or not, then we can talk about the next line of the model, which is the action line. The action line is where we get into what we do or don't do because of how we're feeling. Generally, you could say that positive thoughts lead to positive actions and negative thoughts lead to what we might call negative actions or even inaction. So, when I was feeling embarrassed about being late to my class, I considered not going. I considered what else could I do during this hour for exercise rather than be embarrassed and feel awkward walking into class. But then again, I thought about, I like the class. It doesn't really matter that I'm late. And so I chose to go to class. So those different thoughts and the emotions that went with them could have led me in two different directions. Understanding this is so key because when we know that we are going to act a certain way because of our feelings and that we can create any feeling by our thoughts, it's just an incredible difference in our lives. I'll give you an example probably most moms can relate to, and that's like if you had been working on weight loss and maybe making some good progress. And then you got on the scale and say that you jump back up to higher than you were when you started. And then maybe you thought this is hopeless and you felt discouraged. Now, I don't know about you, but when I felt discouraged, it does not send me running for the salad and the apples and the chicken breasts and the broccoli. No, it makes me want to like 
face plant into some really delicious ice cream or something like that or make chocolate chip cookies. Like it's totally unreasonable, but that is what the feeling of discouragement will do for us. And on the flip side, if we are making really good progress, we're sticking to a plan, we're seeing results, then we think this is working and then we feel motivated and then we tend to like stick to our plans more. Those would be the kinds of actions in our action line. And we could go through a whole bunch of different emotions and the, the kinds of actions that we might associate with them. We won't have time for that and I'll let you play around with that after you, you know, either download the model sheet or just scribble it out on a piece of paper. But let me give you one more example that you can think about and just plug in your own situation. Let's say we have two people that have $50,000 in debt and a similar income. Person number one looks at that and says to themselves, oh, I can pay that off in two or three years. Maybe they've been listening to Dave Ramsey and they're really pumped about getting out of debt. So their thought is, I can pay that off in two or three years. And then they might feel empowered or determined When you're feeling empowered or determined, what are you going to do? You're probably going to definitely look at your budget, see where you can increase income, cut expenses. You're going to make a plan. A lot of people do like a debt snowball. You're going to tend to stick to your plan. And, you know, maybe you get a bonus at work or tax refund. You get some extra money. You, You might be much more likely to put that on your, you know, towards your debt snowball. And then person number two looks at that and is just like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? It's going to take forever to pay that off. And so when they feel, when they think that thought, then they might feel defeated and discouraged. And again, kind of like the weight loss example, when you're feeling defeated and discouraged, are you going to, you know, really work on your debt snowball? Or are you maybe going to just give up, maybe even get in more debt because spending money feels good. And if you're thinking something like, I'm always going to have these credit card payments, this car payment, you may just be like, what the heck? And just go make the situation worse, knowing that it's not going to change my monthly payments that much. And when you take either one of the kinds of actions I just described, depending on whether you're feeling determined or discouraged, that is going to lead to your result, which is the last line of the model. So your result line comes from your actions. Your actions create your results. And this is super important. They always tie back into your thought. So in the debt example, the first person who was thinking, I can pay that off in two or three years. And then they take some really positive actions like budgeting, sticking to their plan, doing the debt snowball, throwing extra money at their debts when they have the opportunity. They're going to pay their debt off in two or three years or possibly even sooner because they are focused on it. The next person who feels defeated and gives up and even runs up more money in credit card debt and doesn't really try because of that feeling of discouragement, they literally end up being in debt forever like they thought they would be, or it takes forever to pay off their debt because of that feeling of discouragement and the actions that it creates and the result 
that is created from those actions. So that was kind of a mouthful, but I hope that makes sense. And while I'm on the subject of money, I want to give a real-life example that I share with a couple of my kids' permission. I have one son who was telling me one time that he had, I think it was about $5,000 in debt, and he was feeling kind of overwhelmed about that. And my thought was, wow, that's impressive, because until a couple of years ago, he was a self-employed or a contractor. He had contract work in graphic design and video and photography, that kind of thing. And so I was impressed. He came through the pandemic and everything. And, and to me, that didn't sound like that much debt. And when we were talking about it, I was like, do you know how much debt your sister has? His sister, her husband went to med school and she got a master's degree. And so they have over $200,000 in debt. And he was like, whoa. And the crazy thing is the daughter with the, you know, over a couple hundred thousand in debt is not worried about it. She knows they'll get it paid off. But as a percentage of future income after her husband finishes his residency, hers is much more as a percentage of yearly income than her brother's is as a percentage of his current income. But again, they both have different ways of looking at it. And that makes all the difference whether they feel overwhelmed or empowered about the debt that they do have. And if I got into all the ways that we can apply this model and how to use it to improve our relationships with ourselves, with the people in our family, to improve our financial situation, to improve our health, to move us closer to our goals, like you don't want to sit here and hear me give examples of all of those, I'm sure, and all of those things will come up in future podcasts. But I just wanted to pause at this point in my podcast journey and explain more to you. So every time I say our thoughts create our feelings, this is the basis of that. And I have been using this model for years, and I have never found an exception to how it can work for any situation where you want to plug in your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results. And of course, just realizing that the circumstances are neutral, and we want to start with just the facts and then see how we think about the facts. So I hope that is really helpful to you. And if you are like me and you're like, okay, but I need help applying this to my specific situation, then go to my website, mom-mindset.com. In the upper right corner, you'll see a button that says Get Coached. And that's where you can either go to Ask Rachel and just ask a quick question anonymously or sign up for a coaching session. I would love to help you out. I get coached all the time myself, and it is so beneficial. I just find that I have a load taken off my mind every single time I get clarity, and I'm able to move forward in just every dimension of my life. So I want that for you as well. Whether you coach yourself, find another life coach, school coach that addresses the issues that you are facing right now in your life. And just know that you can solve any problem. You can reach your goals. You can live your dreams if you can get leverage over your thinking. Thank you so much for being here today. I will talk to you next week. Hey, Mama. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoy the ideas I share on my podcast, but you want some help applying them to your personal situation, 
I want to invite you to learn more about my coaching program, where I talk to moms on a personal basis through one-on-one coaching and group calls. We can talk about anything from the personal challenges that you're experiencing in marriage or motherhood to the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. To find out more and download a copy of my free book, Mom Mindset A to Z, visit mom-mindset.com.